A lot of people think about RealWare as giving superpowers to frontline workers. Welcome to Third Angle, where assisted reality is saving time and lives on the front line. I'm your host, Paul Hames from industrial software company PTC. In this podcast, we share the moments where digital transforms physical and meet the brilliant minds behind some of the most innovative products from around the world, each powered by PTC technology. Technology has become integrated into every aspect of the way we work, especially for people who spend a big chunk of time sitting at a desk for their job. But whether you're updating a document on your iPad or dialing into Zoom from your laptop, this tech is not hands-free. So frontline workers like paramedics, engineers and mechanics, people who have their hands tied doing their job, often miss out on the edge and convenience of computers. And that's where assisted reality and RealWare's incredible suite of hands-free, voice-enabled, head-wearables comes in. And to find out about this tech, and in particular their flagship product, the Navigator 520, our reporter, Joel Shupak, visited RealWare's HQ in Vancouver, Washington, to meet Chairman and CEO, Andrew Krostowski. We are unique, I think, in positioning ourselves as a wearable company that is truly focused on the frontline professional. We care about productivity and safety, and we've designed our products around the idea that a connected worker is a safer worker and a more productive worker. Hello and welcome to Historic Fort Realware. We are the headquarters of the Realware company here in Vancouver, Washington, on the site of the Army Barracks here in Fort Vancouver. So this is the original Vancouver that was created when the British were here before they went north and created what is now British Columbia's Vancouver. So really makes for a unique corporate environment here where we can uh, do great walks outside like we are here with the, the beautiful trees and the, and the walkways. And yet we have this great historic facility that we've outfitted with some of our latest technology to develop the world's premier wearable computer. Let's go inside and take a look at the facility. So this is a rack of just a sample of the dozens of hard hats that are worn by frontline workers around the world, typically the broad brim uh, MSA style for mining, the pezzle hats that they're used in climbing. So think about the guys who are climbing up on those 200 foot wind towers, generation towers. And then you have the traditional hard hat that might be used on a construction site. What we've done is our device fits all of these different methods by having adapters that we, we have produced that allows you to clip your, our device to any of these hard hat configurations around the world. So it makes it super easy to fit the way the workers are already functioning. So we like to adapt to how they work, not try to force them to adapt to ours. And just like these hard hats are designed for abuse, so is our product. And so it's designed IP66 that you can drop it uh, six feet onto concrete, you can wear it out in the rain, you can throw it in the back of your pickup truck, you can drop it in the mud, and it's just going to work just like these hard hats. It's designed to work for that frontline worker who needs it to be rugged. So let me give you an example of just how rugged we are. You wouldn't think twice about dropping this Petzl hard hat onto the floor. That's what I'm doing now. And we built our Navigator 520 to be just as rugged. So I'm going to drop it the same way. And I don't worry about what's happening that either. 
Of course, the best way to experience a Navigator platform is to wear it. We like to talk about the RealWear Smile, which takes about 30 seconds when you put this device on and you give it a command for the first time and you see it respond seamlessly to your, your direction. But for those of you who can't see it, we start with a horseshoe-shaped device that fits easily on your head. It clips to hard hats, baseball caps, headband straps like you see here. It's designed to wear to go with the kind of, of work that someone wears, whether PPE is required or not. When you wear it, this device is super lightweight. It's designed to be worn all day. So when a worker puts on a Navigator 500 or 520, they're presented with a monocular display, meaning it can be seen on either eye, left or right. Uh, it appears as a 10-inch tablet held at arm's length, full-color display, HD, that then allows them to see you know, what you would see if you're staring at your tablet computer. So a home screen with icons. The difference is instead of touch and gesture to control your navigation between those icons, you're using voice. Every part of that screen is uh, keyed to be a command. So if you think, you know, the simple training, if I were to train someone to, to use a RealWare platform, all I have to tell them is say what you see. And so if you see a command on the screen and you want to start my camera, you say my camera and, and it does it. And it'll do it in 17 languages. You can identify a workflow, a document, any app that's there. You can navigate between long menus with just moving your head slightly to uh, scroll through long lists, etc. Augmented reality is an important part of understanding how we interface with sort of a three-dimensional world. This is something that PTC has focused on a lot in terms of, of 3D. The challenge that you have with a frontline worker is that these very immersive data-first, reality-second environments, A, take a lot of your focus and take away your focus on what could be a dangerous environment, that six-inch step in front of you, that cobot that's moving next to you. And so RealWare has focused on assisted reality, which is a step down from that that gives you that screen, just like we were talking about, where a airline pilot can look down at their, at their instrument panel, the driver can glance down at their dashboard, and then back out and keep their situational awareness going. So that safety portion of having full situational awareness and the ability to get the information that you need when you need it was built in from the beginning with, our, with safety as a, as a mindset. So I'm now wearing the, the Navigator 520, and I'm going to issue a command. And you see that while I'm talking here, there's no wake-up word. It's constantly listening, and it's going to take what I say in, in context to what's on the screen. So for instance, I'll now say, my camera. And you get that chirp that indicates that the device has registered it and is moving forward. It's now loading the, the infrared camera. And I'm actually having right now the looking at uh, around the room and all of us uh, in thermal imagery. So I'm actually seeing all of the the temperature, actual temperatures of everyone as we're going through that. So uh, I, li I like to say this is um, giving predator vision to frontline workers. As I look at you, I can see that uh, your eyes are the hottest part of your of your body right now. Your nose is as colder. Uh, you can see what you're wearing. Uh, is insulating you from some of the temperature here. You can see that the device on your hip is, is the hottest thing. So you've got your uh, microphone and recorder there are, are putting out heat. So you're able to see not only what those temperatures are, but because I'm seeing this in a fused video, I'm seeing the optical 
overlaid with the thermal, I also have the spatial relationship. So I can actually read, if you had a, a name plate on your shirt, I'd be able to read that, where if I was looking only in pure thermal, you would not. So this gives you the ability, if you think about a frontline worker going to a, an electrical box and opening it, you have to be able to read the numbers on the breakers as well as seeing what the breaker temperatures are. So if you're looking for a change there. So this fused vision allows you to see both of those things, whereas pure thermal wouldn't. We're entering our specified engineering design space that we utilize here. Be interesting now to do a quick demo of why uh, RealWare, if you're going to have a voice-controlled system, it needs to be able to operate in a high-noise environment where a lot of frontline workers uh, work. So as we begin to create some of these uh, sounds here, and we measure these quite carefully, it'll still respond to my voice. So once you run that power uh, drill again for a moment. It's about 85, 90 decibels. And while that's running again, I'll simply give a command. My camera. And it, can it responded even with a 94 decibel noise level, it still listened to my voice and actuated the command. That's the kind of value you have in a frontline situation. You, you can imagine the frustration if you were a frontline worker working hands-free, giving voice commands, and you, were getting, uh, you weren't getting the response you want from the system. We've put a lot of energy, IP, and technology into that noise reduction and voice recognition. Let's give a great example of how you would use this in a, in a real-life situation. So we've set up a Zoom call that we can demonstrate here in the building. When we want to connect a frontline professional to a meeting, it has to be easy for them to want to use it. In this case, we've, done, we've set up our demo with Zoom. So I've, I've launched the hands-free app for Zoom in my navigator. And now all I need to do is scan a QR code. So I'm going to look and give the command scan QR code. It's seeing the code. It's now registered it. And I'm now in the meeting, uh, in the waiting room, waiting to be let in. And it's that easy. And I never had to take my hands off my tools or or what I was doing on to, to make that connection. We have a number of partners who have developed products that work directly with our, our RealWare system. Zoom is one of our, our key partners, and we worked with them closely to develop hands-free for Zoom, which we demonstrated uh, the ease of which it can be used with just a QR code to enter a room. We can do the same thing uh, similarly with PTC Chalk. We can do it with Microsoft Teams. We can work with TeamViewer. Any number of our, of our partners who have optimized their software for our system. And that, that ecosystem really is what makes our system so valuable to our frontline workers and customers. Let's go ahead and add some ambient noise. I'm holding a sound level meter in my hand here. So let's get the decibels. Currently, we're about 52 decibels. We're adding some noise to it. We're up to about 75 decibels, 77. So we're, we're working in a 70 decibel environment. It's still hearing me clear I'm there. I'm, what I suggested, we go into the remote room and while I stay here in the noisy environment, we can have a conversation over the Zoom call to see how the noise affects the other end. So now this is what I sound like in a quiet 50D uh, decibel kind of environment, sort of a quiet background room, normal office. But now let's go out on the job site. And now, how does my voice sound at that end? Still clear. We can hear the we can hear the drill in the background, but you're coming in loud and clear. And I can hear you perfectly too. So that's the advantage of being connected with the kind of noise reduction that powers our voice system in the Navigator 500 and 520. We now have 
several generations of digital natives coming into the workforce. And today it's absolute cognitive dissonance to hand someone who lives their life completely in their smartphone and their tablet, they come to work, they have to put that down and someone gives them a manual and a clipboard and a pen. Those days of, of being accepted, that's the way we do it, are just no longer making sense. So industries that adapt these technologies to the way people work in their personal lives and outside and bringing those advantages uh, to the workplace are going to find workers more interested in doing some of these more physically challenging jobs because they're going to feel they have the right tools to get it done. So I think it not only addresses the company's need to get things done better, safer, and faster, but it addresses the way people want to work today, which is to work smart. I think there's two views of the future, one that's human-centric and one that's sort of automation-centric. And at RealWare, we really focus on the, the value that the person brings to these frontline roles. And if you think about a, a voice assistant like we have in our homes, or many of us you know, uh, work with our smart tablets or smartphones, voice is going to become the interface to these AI systems that are going to support the systems of record. So you're going to think about that user talking to that remote intelligence is going to provide them, you know, context and information as they need it in the in the workplace. So it's going to make it even faster and easier for frontline professionals to get the job done and do what they do best, have that human-centric approach to things. And that's not limited to industry. Think of medicine, right? As doctors are working through medical cases, they can now access that additional information. And uh, we've demonstrated that actually at SWIM-G, which is the Special Warfare Medical Group, uh, where they train all of the Special Forces medics. And they've actually demonstrated a medic in a moving vehicle, treating a patient connected to a satellite link to another satellite link with a doctor there there and walking them through uh, trauma cases that they might otherwise be able to save. And so really, you can apply this idea of doing more with what you know by accessing resources outside of your frontline environment to virtually every industry. It's going to change lives. What gets us excited here at RealWare is we focus on the future of work and what it means to be able to have people work more effectively, more safely, to uh, literally feel more empowered, more engaged in everything they do. And I think that that seeing that future of work being bright for these two billion frontline workers that today are not connected and having everyone recognize in the not too distant future that if you have a frontline worker or professional who is not connected, you're gonna be at a competitive disadvantage to your competitors who do. And that's what gets us up every morning to go tackle the challenges of the future of work. That was Andrew Krostowski. Now, PTC already knows RealWare in terms of our AR solution, Vuforia Chalk, and the ability for us to provide augmented content through the eyepiece of the RealWare device. But here, we're actually looking into the design of the eyewear devices and how RealWare uses Creo when they start the engineering process. So it's time to meet our expert, Brian Thompson, who heads up PTC's CAD division. Now, Brian... We've spoken about Creo previously, but to recap, can you give the listeners a high-level overview, a refresher of Creo, and how it's helping innovative companies like RealWare? Sure, I'd be happy to. Thanks for having me on again. 
great, great company to talk about. I love their use of Creo. So Creo is PTC's uh, flagship 3D CAD application. And, you know, 3D CAD technology enables customers to build digital prototypes that are fully detailed in all respects in 3D and make sure that all the components of the design will come together correctly as they intend and also test the design for functional capabilities, work on the design's manufacturability processes, all associated to that core 3D design model. So it's a it's a huge time savings and frankly it helps design engineers avert a lot of risk, reduce a lot of risk in designs as they transfer them over to to manufacturing by by doing all of the testing and development and checking all in 3D before they make a single part. So in the case of Realware, what we have found in taking a look at their use of Creo, they are really taking advantage of the fact that a powerful 3D design environment like Creo gives design engineers great tools for exploring multiple design concepts. It also gives them tools for being able to really flexibly edit existing designs, maybe in ways they didn't anticipate. Uh, And not only that, to handle the complexity of, say, multiple different types of users that have to work on the same time that have really different goals in their use of the technology, but need to contribute to the design in their own way. And I think in specific terms, Brian, what we're talking about here is their use of something that one of the Creo modules called flexible modeling and another one on the advanced assembly uh, capabilities that exist within Creo. So could you perhaps give the listeners a little bit more of a deeper understanding as to how that's relevant for Realware and how they're using those capabilities in Creo? You know what? I want to start with advanced assembly because AX is typically associated with very, very large designs. It's not necessarily only useful, though, for those types of scenarios. What it's also really helpful with is defining and organizing interfaces between parts of the design that need wildly different skill sets from a design point of view and significantly different areas of expertise from a design point of view. And in a realware device where you have a combination of highly ergonomic designs coupled with uh, very sophisticated electronics, the places where different parts of the design come together and the types of contributors to the design that uh, that have to work together in a single environment to make sure that they're all accommodating one another's needs, that is also a very, very powerful concept that AAX can help customers with. Now, we've also touched on flexible modeling extension. Perhaps you could just give a little bit of a, an insight into how they're using that capability and what that means for the particular challenges that they face. So flexible modeling assembly is a set of tools that allow design engineers to make changes to the design in a way that were not necessarily anticipated by the underlying parametric feature definitions. Uh, Of course, it also works for geometry-based designs that don't have any underlying parametric features. But in this case, with Realware, what we have is a situation where we have a very highly stylized product because it's going around a human head that has to uh, fit oftentimes inside an environment that has constraints that are really unknown to the design engineers from the very beginning. What we're referring to is the often integration of real-world devices on someone's head inside a helmet. And there is a tremendous variety of helmets that a design engineer at real might have to anticipate fitting their device into. 
And I, I would submit that it might be very difficult to develop the parametric definition of the models of the components that make up the realware device in a way that could potentially anticipate all the ways that different design helmets might really just get in the way. And this is where flexible modeling extension can come into play because we can tweak, update, vary geometry in ways that were not originally anticipated. And what's really powerful about it is you don't lose the information that you added to the model by making the geometric change to accommodate, say, a particular helmet that just came out from a new vendor that RealWare might be partnering with. You actually capture that information in a feature. It's just a very unique type of feature that makes a modification to the geometry. And so RealWare gets the opportunity to catalog how they've had to tweak designs according to various helmet configurations that they have accommodated as part of their product portfolio strategy in a way that is still very powerful, still maintainable, and still can be cataloged as part of their uh, part of their design process. Thanks to Brian and to Andrew for showing us around RealWare's headquarters. Please rate, review, and subscribe to our bi-weekly Third Angle episodes wherever you listen to your podcasts. And follow PTC on LinkedIn and Twitter for future episodes. This is an 1860 production for PTC. Executive producer is Jackie Cook. Sound design and editing by Ollie Guillou. Recording by Joel Shupak and music by Rowan Bishop.